In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. I did not get the memo about pants today. I feel very <laughs> naked here with my shorts on. How you doing, everybody? The gang is back in full force as advertised on the introduction there. It's been several weeks. People have been traveling. I've been out of town. But it's good to see you all. Mr. Ronis, Mr. Ghoul, Mr. Thomas, how we been? Spectacular. Yeah, good to be back. Good. good to be back with you good guys. Good to be back. Excellent. We Here we are in the dog days of summer. And actually, we caught a hell of a break midweek weather-wise, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Early to midweek. <laughs> Probably the best day of the year, maybe, Ronnie. I don't know if you played. Well, why am I asking? <laughs> I don't know if you played. Why, you know, of course why you played. Why am I asking if you played Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday? But one of those days was literally the best day of the year. Yeah, yeah it was about uh, 73 degrees yeah. and perfect. Yeah. That's Amazing. so weird. We get those thrown at us from time to time in the mid-Atlantic, and you, you scratch your head. You go, where did this come from? But then you got to stop questioning it, and you just have to go with it. Get out and play. So it'll be hot. It'll be sticky. It's coming back this weekend. So summer will continue no. for a good 60 days. Yeah. We'll get days in late September where you're like, Damn, it's hot out here. Sure. No but question. hey, so be it. Uh, we'll talk more about playing in the heat, given what's going on at the Olympics right now. But I want to start today, the big topic, section segment number one is interesting concept. There's all these top 100 lists out there of courses, right? Top 100 privates, top 100 in the world, top 100 in the U.S., top 100 you can play, blah, blah, blah. Never seen this list before. Golf World Magazine put out the top 100 funnest courses to play in the UK. Fun. Funnest or most fun? M- yeah. Whatever. I was going to say, just checking. Are you an English just English. <laughs> I just couldn't let it go. I can't believe Ron, who's big on the old uh, English, <laughs> didn't go. chide me on that. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> the, ten, the 100 most fun courses to play in the UK. They didn't include any U.S. courses, probably because there aren't very many. We're so serious here in the States. But there's a lot of goofy, quirky, fun courses over there. Did you happen to see the list? I didn't. No, no. I, no. and I've never played over there, so I wouldn't know anyways. In the U.K.? No. I played You've been in, in Scotland? Scotland. That's yeah. the U.K. That's the U.K. Oh. <laughs> All right, so, so far we've so got we, English problems and we've so got world geography. Geography. I wasn't, geography. I was an English major, obviously. Did not go hard on geography. You, Coach Calhoun yeah. and his, yeah. uh, and got, his he, UConn I think he got Husky me out of that thing. class, all of us athletes. So it got me to thinking, boys, what defines a course that is fun to play? It's a wide oh, open that, question. It's a great question, but... I like that every shot has a combination of things. One, it's achievable, right? So I'm not hitting 212-yard three hybrids to a green that's two feet uh, wide. I want some topography. I want some conditioning that is like, wow, this is really cool, like it's in great shape. And I would love if it had some sort of backdrop, right? It's a video game to me. Yeah. And so... I want to be able to hit the shot and I want to see that ball kind of just drop out of the sky. That's fun to me to, to be in that six seconds of watching that ball and kind of bring me back to, wow, this is how I used to play when I was younger. So that's my kind of 
holistic Good view of what a fun course John is. John Gould, what about I you? I always tell people when they when they tee off, hey guys, have fun and and play well, but it's more fun if you play well, right? So that's certainly the uh, the uh, kind of starting point. But I, I think for me, it's it's score scoreability certainly. So it's not so difficult you can't you can't play it and then having options so you know in 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 the uk for example there are many courses where you can run the ball up Mm -hmm. you can take it high if you want you know there's just different options for you so that because you know fun is going to be different to every every person so you have to have a course that has a lot of options to make it fun for all the different kind of players what's fun for a tour player is not going to be the same as what's fun for me so you have to have that ability to play the course in different ways Ways. And if you have these monster courses that the fairways are 10 yards wide and they're 500-yard par fours, U.S. Open, for example, set up, that wouldn't be fun for you and I. Maybe no. for Ron, but probably no. not Ron either. No. Ron, what about you? Uh, well, for me, it begins with the cart girl. If we have a hot cart girl. Yeah. Uh, that like sweating? Be- no. Okay. Attractive. Oh, okay. That, that starts the day off. That's fun. Uh, in all seriousness, for me, fun golf is beach golf. I love playing over in Ocean City. Uh, lots of golf courses, Glen Riddle. We got Bay View, I think it's called. Um, and most uh, most Bay fun Club. for me is Lighthouse Sound because you've got water features. I enjoy, call me crazy, I don't know why, but I enjoy long cart rides o- over marshland. Uh, on bridges. Really, really cool yep. bridges. Yep. I like that. It's something I like uh, golf courses with a lot of wildlife. That uh, triggers me to say that Shadow Creek is probably the most fun golf course I've ever played. When you pull in the gate, they had flamingos and peacocks to greet wow. you. Uh, but They you, didn't have that when I played yeah, there. Yeah, first year I was there, yeah. it opened, they did. Right when right. you pulled in, peacocks and flamingos and yeah. crazy things. When uh, I was there, the most, my $500 round, Ronas, did yeah. not include yeah. peacocks, yeah. nor no, flamingos. No flamingos. Uh, the mm. 600 the next year also, no peacocks, uh-huh. no flamingos. Uh, for, and finally, UK golf-wise, the most fun golf course that I maybe have ever played beside Shadow Creek would be North Berwick. Ah, yes. And Zay can elaborate on that. Have you played it, Ronis? Okay, yeah. North Berwick is wild because... It's uh, you go. It's right on the the water. Obviously, it's uh, north. Uh, it's in Galen, I guess. Yes, uh, Galen. Yeah, yes. Galen. Exactly. Gullen. I had a hole in one at Galen. Really? Did Number you really? Seven. That's fun. Yeah. Nice, yeah. humble brag. Yep. Anyway, so <laughs> North Berwick. <laughs> so it was like it was an eight iron. It was a little bit. Went, oh, sorry. What's oh, cool about everything? <laughs> that's great. Uh, write a blog post about yeah, it. I'll okay. definitely download it and print it and throw it away. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the the clubhouse at North Berwick is built into the ground, yes. which is wild. And you're thinking, how bad does it get in the winter around here <laughs> that they got to build the clubhouse basically into the ground to shield it from the elements? But the course is quirky. It's weird. There's a hole that has a stone wall that intersects the fairway. You got to chip it over. I got a video of a guy in our group the last time we went that was like four feet away from it and just flubbed it right into the wall. And it's like you watch it and you laugh. Uh, but it's got fun playable holes and it brings you up to the crest of the dunes on the back side where you can stop and pause and look out and it's really inspiring it is and of course another golf course over there the first course we played when i went on the trip prestwick prestwick it's prestwick (laughs) is interesting is it fun i think it's cool because it's historic but it's weird it is weird well so is the old course true the old course like you're on the the old the old course is fun the old old course is fun that's 
probably the, one the most fun I've ever had. Course is golf. growing on me. I've played it twice. I think another 38 plays, I might start right. to really like it. It, <laughs> it, it. I I enjoyed the history part of it, and then yeah, there were a couple cool things at the end, of like driving over the the, the building and things like yeah. that. But the rest of the course, I have no, I played it once. No. I have no concept. As, I couldn't tell you any of the holes. Right, as Scott Hoke once said, it's the worst piece of mess he's ever seen. Yeah. I believe But it. one, 17, and 18 are phenomenal. It's amazing. Actually. <laughs> I mean, once again, it depends on how you play. I mean, angels were singing when I was playing. I, I oh, was out amazing. of my mind. I hold the ball from the fairway. Oh, I mean, wow. I was That's... on fire for me. You know, I, I shot in the, the mid-70s, and, yeah. you know, I'm a 10 handicap. Yeah. So I, it was, you know, well, it's angels a pitch and putt singing. Unless it's windy. Well, and, right. and then speaking of pitch and putt, again, the last thing I will say here is the cradle in, in Pinehurst is the most yes. fun yeah. seven acres on planet Earth. Speakers, yeah. yep. music, cocktails, barefoot. Barefoot if you want. It's obviously don't act like a jackass, but there's no rules. It's not stodgy. No rules. Yeah. And more and more courses are creating these little nine hole par threes because they're big revenue generators. Yep. I understand that the uh, cradle is responsible for a huge chunk of their revenue down 60, there. 60,000 rounds last year at an average pop of about $42 per wow. player. Right. Yeah. Something that I heard was that pretty much puts them on top. It's like everything else comes close and it doesn't break even, but they don't make a ton of profit, but then that, that's like 100% profit. Yep. Right. Funny about the, the fun factor, there is a lot of things that operators of courses can do to make things more fun. And you mentioned cart, cart girl. I would say this, when I had my tournament, the Bloody Horns, this past month at, uh, Buff, at the Bowl in Wisconsin, the course had gone into bankruptcy the year before. Okay, and it was bought out of bankruptcy uh, by John Dunphy and Randy Growth, and they've done a great job of really taking the experience to a new level. And so what blew me away was I was greeted, and I'll show you the picture, by the cart girl staff. That's a normal staff for a Saturday as I hold that phone up there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven different gals. They don't mess around. There's two on each cart. There's three or four carts that roam around. They're dressed in electric pink. They've got great spirit. They have a leader. He said, yeah, so-and-so, she's my cart girl, you know, staffer, leader. Coaches them up on how to be fun and friendly. Boy, does that go a long way, right? Sure. Is this the same guy that eliminated the senior rate? Or is that the different golf course? I think so. You had him uh, on your podcast. Yeah, no, that's not. Rob McDonald eliminated okay. the senior rate, but <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> Sounds scroogey, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you're trying to keep the golf course alive, right? But there's a, there's, a, there's a classic fun, fun, fun thing, right? And a service to the people who are playing. And revenue. And a profit margin. Yes, exactly. You know, we're dealing with, with we, we're surrounded right now by a million clubs. We're lucky to make 10, 15% off a hard good. A beer, you know, you're gonna make 200%, yep. whatever it may be. So you can, you can do things that are fun and profitable. It doesn't all have to be just unprofitable. Speaking like a corporate By the way, I'm getting there, man. I, I love this new Ronas guy. There. He is, I mean, it used to just all be about <laughs> path angle and face I attack. I didn't have to worry about anything else. And now he, he sounds like our boy Sheehan, you yeah, know? Yeah, He's always worried about, you know, what's my cost per round. Yeah, but I'm exhausted. John, what, John, what are you doing at River Creek? Uh, to enhance the fun factor well, for members. Well, th- th- they have a lot of fun there. So, um, like, for instance, one of the things, uh, I was out there the other night just driving around the golf course at the end of the night. It's dark, and I pull on the first hole, and there's 25 people out there in carts. We have a Wednesday shootout. 
we keep the beverage card out there nice. for that. They play their Wednesday shootout. Well, it wasn't good enough that they tied that night for the money. They had to go have a playoff. Everyone's out there. Yeah. Everyone's cheering. Now the cards have the music and everything. That's, I think, some of the things in the utilization of a private club that's kind of public mentality. Let's get the leagues out there at 530 that a lot more of the private clubs are actually doing to, uh, to utilize a time that is, is precious now. So yeah. um, it just – and then, look, it steamrolls from then. They're all drinking some beers. They're all eating dinner there. Their wives meet them after. Blah, 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 blah. So it's fun builds profit. And I, I think it's a great topic, Zabe. This is such a great topic because it all starts with fun. And fun, quirky sales, too, stuff everything, like that. You know, everything. But it, if there's no fun. Why do you want to be there? Right. Yeah. So there's no reason to play or join a club. What is a surefire killer of fun? I'll go first. Long rough. I mean, nasty long rough where you know exactly where you hit it and you still have to spend 60 seconds wandering around like, uh, you know, like a guy who's losing his mind. Where did this thing go? Yeah. Yeah. And not only because it's hard search. to find, ball search, it slows everything down, but you know as a player, when you hit it into rough that's really long, your hole is over. It's like the hole's over. You're not making par. You have to scramble for bogey probably. Yeah. So for the average golfer, for the average weekend golfer, the rough has got to be reasonable. And that leads to really the next thing that you already mentioned. My killer is slow play. Okay. And it's over compaction. So there's slow play, which I think you could get a couple groups during the round that you could say, look, we got to speed up. There's also over compaction, which is greed. It's the same thing when they took the seats on the airplanes and they made them four inches shorter. It's something that just kills your round of golf when it's seven minute tee times or eight minute tee times. No I hate it. There's no reason to play if I'm going to wait on every shot. Yep. Yeah. Bad right. conditions too, you know, whether, and, and that could be, you know, course created when it's just poor, uh, you know, agronomic practices or just, you know, bad weather, whether that's, you know, rain or extreme hot or whatever right. it is. That's not fun for me. I don't want to be there. Even cold. I don't, I don't want to be out there. So, you know, that's you're not like, fun. You're like Goldilocks. It's got to be right. just right. That's perfect. Not too hot, not too cold. Correct. Ron, <laughs> what is a surefire killer of fun? Arified greens. I know yeah. it's a necessity, but it's, it's brutal. It is bad, it's isn't brutal. it? And Ron yeah. would never think to just not play that weekend, right? He, he uh, takes, I, it takes, you takes know, a week to recover, right? Yeah. Full week. I, I just yeah. won't play that golf course. Yeah. I think that arified greens, I, I wish there was another way. I really do to get the comp yep. you said compaction, John, about yep. uh, stuffing a golf course full of players. But unfortunately, compaction and greens are a problem. You ever you play a course that has a temporary green? Yes, yeah. that's oh, yeah. and they Brutal. don't tell you about it until you're pushing your money the oh. worst across the counter. Oh, by the way, um, seventeen is a temporary. I remember once at Schenectady Golf Club in New York, my dad <laughs> took me out to play, and he didn't find out until we teed off, or until we paid at the counter. He was like, oh, yeah, 17 is a temporary. And he's like, well, what do we do? And they're like, you play 16 twice. Oh, my God. I lost my, as a 15-year-old, I lost my mind. I was like, Dad, this is ridiculous. What are we doing here? We can't play this place. He's like, oh, well, Stephen, let's just go with it. Yeah, that's a killer of fun. What's the best exit question here? What's the best course, the most elite course or high-end course that you have played where you can honestly say it's a great course, but it's not that much fun. Wow. Uh, you know, for me, and they've done a renovation since, so it's in way better shape than when I played it, but Beth Page was a scene of a college tournament that was probably my best 
college tournament of my career. But holy smokes, I had no intention of going back there and playing. Punishing. It was way too hard for me. Okay. I just happened to get lucky and shoot well. So I remember it like fondly, but I hated it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Th- there's a few Tough of them. one. Yeah, you don't have f- to answer no, if you don't no, there's want a few. to. I'm not going to name names in the section, but you know, where, where it's either target golf or what really gets me, uh, and it's because of my ability, I know, my lack of ability, is, is greens that are so firm that you can't hold them right. unless you're a tour player. Right, right, so right, right. Uh, when I played Marion, and to be honest, the first time I played Pinehurst number two, I couldn't hit a green. That's yeah. no fun. I mean, I would hit land on the green, yeah. but I'm chipping every mm-hmm. time. That's no fun. Yeah, I haven't played Ronnie's Pinehurst number two. I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure I would hate it because it's so hard. Ron, good course that you're like, it's, it's not fun. Uh, it's Avenel, or used to former Avenel. Avenel that's yeah. a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hell of a course. The redo is amazing. It's a wonderful place. Right. But, man, Just, is it hard. Ask Picture you a question, right Ron, because I hear that all the time, and I think it's a beautiful piece of property. Do you think if you played a forward tee, it would be better? or No. No, okay. Sorry to answer Got for it. you. No. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if I hit it like Rory McIlroy or Jordan Spieth, I would love it. Okay. Got yeah. it. It's just that there's X everywhere Got at it. every yeah, turn. I don't but like it's a that wonderful either. place. It's it is. It's a great club. Yeah. Fran it's, Rhodes, our yeah. buddy, teaches out there. No, I like it. It's, it's a lot like Black Wolf Run in Wisconsin. It is the most spectacular, beautiful course. It is so hard. It's Chinese trigonometry. I can never <laughs> score well there because there's X everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's woods, there's water, there's rough, there's nightmares. All right. Coming up, we will play a quick nine Olympic golf. I know, Ronnie, you've been watching. We got a lot to say about that in our quick nine. We continue the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. We're here in the fitting studio at Golfdom. Come on by and get yourself some new clubs. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. Gang is all back here. Good to have them on board. Ron Thomas, longtime uh, captain of the Potomac Cup team. More on that in a second, by the way. I've got a Potomac Cup throwback for you. John Gould, the executive director of the Mid-Atlantic PGA. And John Ronis, the now new director of golf at River Creek. And, of course the man who runs the John Ronas Golf Academy. So sign up for lessons there. Okay, boys. Uh, Olympics, here we go. Uh, quick nine. We'll start with you, Ron. What have you liked the most about the Olympic golf so far? The golf course. You do? Yeah, I do. I like, t- I like the tight golf courses, and it's in Japan. It's just you. What's exotic. it called again? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a good name. Yeah. I think it's a good name. It looks, it looks, it's got echoes of Augusta. A lot of very manicured stuff. It's sweeping a high curves. End private club. Oh, 500,000 to join. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, yen? um, what else about the Olympics? <laughs> you in? I no, said, he said, I said yen. yen, not yen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. You in or yeah. yen? Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, wait, here, here's the official hole number one, which is feeling the heat. It's been blistering hot. As we record today on Friday afternoon, there was some question as to whether the ladies' competition would be cut short. Is it? Correct. No. What? No, they're playing they're this playing evening. They are. Okay. Yeah. Why? And that was a storm coming in. It was because of a tropical storm. 
Oh, I thought it was because it was going to be too hot. No, they, no. they could have played 36 in one day, but they said no. Oh, too hot to play 36. 108, 108 so, Fahrenheit index. So. That's crazy. And, and if the storm cancels it, they're still saying if the storm cancels any part of play, it's reverting back to 54 holes because they okay. can't play tomorrow because that's the end of the Olympics. They don't want any, any competition going through the end of the Olympics. Okay, so with the heat being what it is, how do you guys handle the heat when playing? Hole number one. How do you handle the heat? I do, I do. Well, first of all, I'm Goldilocks. I don't only play when it's of perfect. Of course, right. Uh, wet towel around my neck is my go-to. My, okay. At the end of the day, my shirt is soaked, but I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Ron, you play in a lot of conditions. I do. How do you handle the heat? Uh, a lot of it has to do with my apparel. Uh, the Peter Millar feather weight shirt oh. is the, one of the greatest inventions. They have them here at Golfdom. Yeah, we um, have them too, yep. and it is it's, it's, it's just w- wild. It is. Is it wafer thin? It's almost it's, silk. Yeah, it's, it's very thin. Uh, and then I, uh, being a sweater, I have to have about four hats because by the time I'm off the range, my first hat has the drips coming down on my while I'm putting and that stuff. But uh, generally just uh, the obvious, drink fluids. Lots. I have a Yeti everywhere I go. Yeah. Everybody makes fun of me. Uh, but I, I drink a lot of ice water. Hydrate, hydrate, so, hydrate. Yep. Uh, Mr. Rose. I love the heat. Um, I'm not really affected too much by the heat, and I'm not a big sweater, so I don't get totally uncomfortable. I do have to be careful to drink the tons of fluids because, you know, I, I don't don't Because you're no a human being. Because you're 52. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but actually now I even like it more because of the back issues that I have. It really just Listen keeps things a lot. Yeah. I used to tell my mom that when I'd see the blue sweat around my glove, I knew it was going to be a good Oh, day. the blue ring. Yeah. I used glory. to know that that was just yeah. that weather that I would. I used to like it a lot more than I do now. Well, you know what? That's funny because I used to love it, I think, because I was younger and I was playing against older people in the mass amateur so and stuff like that. Shape. I knew, yeah, that they would succumb to the heat before I would. So I thought <laughs> I had an advantage. I used to just remember walking Reston National. And that's not an easy walk because there's got to cross roads and stuff, and it's a lot of up and down. Dead of the summer, and I was just happy to be out there. I was like, this is just fun. And, you know, and to me, it was like once you're out in the heat, you're out in the heat. Yeah. yeah. You're wet, you're soupy. And that was back when they didn't have the high-tech fabrics and, not, and whatnot. You know, yeah. your cotton PK shirt that yes. ended up weighing 38 pounds by the time you were no done question. with it, right? Yep. Yep. And What's underwear it? that would chafe you. Too. In yeah. 1993, yeah, I, I caddied at the Kingsmill uh, Classic PGA Tour. Oh, my. Which is you caddied? the hottest place Who'd on Who'd you earth. caddy for? Alan Barber, who was the state amateur champion okay. at the time. I was wearing the, the, the cotton khaki pants that we had at the time. Mm. Uh, I drank a bottle of water every hole, and my pants went from light beige to dark, dark. beige yeah. <laughs> instantly. Yeah. I mean, I it, it was the hottest I've ever been carrying a bag. All right, hole number two. Give me an elevator pitch for a much better format for the Olympic golf. Uh, kudos to Xander Shoffley for winning. Clutch up and down on 18. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Jessica Cord is going to walk away with it. Nelly. Nelly. Nelly, excuse me. Nelly Cord is going to walk away with it. But I think my elevator pitch would be, look, qualify, teams of four per country, top four stroke play qualifiers after, say, two rounds, cumulative scores. So all four scores count, all right? Stroke play then are matched up one versus four, two versus three, and you match play it. And you go four-on-four four match play to whittle, winnow it down to four-on-four four match play for the gold medal. But four-on-four, four, what if it's tied 2-2? Two, two? Playoff? Yeah, playoff. But you'll okay. probably induce a winner four-four four singles 
two and a half, one and a half, three and a half, half, something like that. That would be it. I, I just think that this format is entirely uncompelling. Yeah, because yeah. it's the same as everything. So here's my elevator pitch for you. Four-person team, two men, two women. Uh, two, two, per, two mixed teams. So one man, woman, one man, woman. Is That's the U.S. team. And we play uh, a round of foursomes and a round of four ball. Maybe three or four rounds of that. Uh, th- we'll really see who's the, who's the best. But that and would be fascinating because the Koreans are so strong on the ladies' side. Right. But relatively weak on the men's side. Correct. Could the strength of the ladies carry, you know, two... Oh, well, actually, I shouldn't say weak on the men's yeah. side. They're, they're, they're a lot better. The days of, like, KJ Choi being the only good Korean on the PGA Tour, they're long gone, right? Yeah. Young Hung On and all these guys. Who else? Sewoo Kim. Yep. Soon you'll know. Sewoo Kim. Soon you'll know. Exactly. The Koreans might be unbeatable if that's the format. That's a terrible format. <laughs> Ronis. I think we're be- we'll be the best. <laughs> I don't know. Seriously, I'm not thinking about it. Like, wait a minute. I don't like that so much. Ronis, elevator pitch for a better format. For the Olympics. First of all, I don't think there's any co-ed sports in the Olympics. Am I wrong? There there's, is. There's a lot of mixed relays now. They're mixing relays, but they're additions. They're not replacements. Okay. So that I'm kind of problematic about that. I think the men should compete for their own medals, and the women yeah. should compete for their own. I think that's the best thing to do. <laughs> and then I want two people teams, four rounds. You can change your formats if you want. And each country, uh, well, they can do the same thing. like the Stroke top, play? Top Stroke play, you can change it if you wanted to just have um, uh, alternate shot one time, scramble one shot, but just four rounds, stroke play, and two-person teams. The U.S. would have four people, but we'd have two different teams. Like like Germany one, Germany two, and bobsled. Correct, correct. Ron? Uh, Well, it's tough because a lot of the countries don't have enough players mm-hmm. uh, to host. But see, they could only send, they could send two in they that example. They could send two. Well, yeah, they're doing no, it now. Four. Right, yeah. right. Um, I like it the way it is. Uh, <laughs> from a tournament guy, I enjoy, uh, you know, for me to play in a three-day tournament, even though this is a four-day, is exciting because I know that I have a chance. Day one wasn't very good. All right, I've got day two. And it feels like a, a tournament when you're there. You've got a hotel room for me, and I, yeah. and I enjoy being on the road. Uh, so I, I like four rounds. Let I me really ask you do. this quick question. This might be a little bit off topic. Get, get it, get out. But Ronnie, just get no, out. No, Ron. no, Zabe. He's Let's he's say, talking like he's going to be in the Olympics. No, <laughs> he might be. I, he's we're, like, I want the hotel very, room for the week. I, well, no, for me personally, Everyone's opinion I like, is important. That's right. Okay. When it's out of bounds, even when it's wrong. When it, so I want to ask him a when question. When it's out of bounds, though. I say this, it's ob. This might show you even more of his character. Ronnie, you play in the Olympics, and you win your Xander Shoffley. Yeah. Do you think standing on that podium, you'd have more satisfaction or more joy if it was you and I standing on that and we had won as a team, or would you rather win as an individual? An individual. Okay. That's what the Olympics are about to me. Yeah. Well, there you go. Really? I'd rather win well, as then, a team. Well, then maybe we need both individual and team. That's the, where I was going to go okay. before I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> by <laughs> no, me. Three. Oh, I mean, you, I think you, you all, were not interrupted. Was, I waited patiently. Well, I was, then I was and then getting, I said, get out. Yeah, and then I, I was getting to the next thing. And then I think there should also be a component where there's a team. It, it's okay. funny. I listened to Kucher on uh, Sirius XM, and he said that he was on the airplane going down to Rio with his wife, and he was informed when he got there, because he was talking about the format with his wife, telling what it is, he thought it was the same as the World Cup that he had played <laughs> right. earlier Well, that's, that's basically what Ronis is suggesting. He, he didn't yeah. even know the yeah. format. He didn't even know. No, way, to even know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. way to go. Hole number three, USGA boss Mike Wan wants to start a USA Youth Development Program. 
Absolutely not. Should we? I no. thought we already had one. They're called AJGA. Yeah. They're called Mid Atlantic. But yeah. apparently, apparently, Ghoul, they're loose and they're not overseen or they're not funded by big backing. Other countries have these things. Part of it is when he was the commissioner of the LPGA Tour, he said, I was that for 12 years and I had probably had 11 weeks total with an American atop that board. And he yeah. thinks it's because, unlike Korea and other countries, we don't have a youth development program. Well, it also helps when you can say, if you get into this youth development program, you won't have to serve military time. I mean, we don't have that in the United States. And that's what they have in Korea? A lot Korea. of these countries, it's like, you can get out of this, this, and this of serving your country. I mean, I don't say that negatively, but serving a military organization or something like that, um, that could be very, very difficult mentally and physically if you are excelling in a sport. Yeah. Well, and you know what? The, the singularization of, uh, not a word, but... Well, see, and that's of sports. Yeah. A specialization. No specialization. Specialization. Well, and that's, no good. that's actually part. So we got <clears> back up here. In order to be in the Olympics, golf had to have this. Every Olympic sport has to have an association development program, or ADM, I think it's called. So we have it in the United States. And part of it is what is age appropriate, when to specialize. In other words, not until you're 16 or 17 or 18 to specialize. Yeah. We have that right now. Yeah, I'm certified in we, it. We, yeah, we just need to grow it. So that it's it's more. I mean, it, it's it's seven year olds shouldn't be traveling for for major tournaments. They can play all they want. They shouldn't be traveling and having these high pressure, you know, right. that, that type of thing. Ron, what do you think? They shouldn't be mandated to travel. I mean, if you're p part of a youth organization, a uh, you know United States Youth Golf Foundation yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever, then you're going to be required to travel. But uh, the way they're playing right now, I mean, they just had the U.S. Kids World championships down in Pinehurst and these kids are coming from all over the country um there are IMG Academy is already a, an academy for this country yeah. the the Cordas and you know they yeah, all it's, but it, it caters, but it's, it's caters not, to the wealthy and the well connected it's right. not really pulling out of the ranks all the potential talent that out that is out there my wife said to me as we we're watching the Olympics how is China good in this or that whatever sport and I'm like oh they put huge muscle behind yeah. trying to be good in everything and they start when they're eight Exactly, you know, and those to the divers point, are fourteen, and they well, and they the get system. separated from their families yeah. against their will, which right. is not the way to go. But that's the kind of thing. Zabe, what, what is your take on this? Uh, I don't know enough about it. I mean, I guess I'm for it. Uh, I think. Now, you, you know think what? It's over. You're uh, I don't. I you know, Ron. I don't have a firm take. For once, I don't have a firm take. Yeah. I don't even know what a development program is. I think I don't care if we're not that great at a certain sport. But we are great at it. So. Well, we're not as great as women golf as, as the Koreans. Koreans are mopping the floor with us. But Mike Wan is the USGA. This I is know. not just... Yeah, but he's really talking about you know, for the general benefit. He's of the so general benefit. out of his bounds. Just stick to USGA. <laughs> okay. It's just the answer is right. no. Hole, right. number, hole number four. Joanne Carner just shot 82 at 82 years old. Big. At a U.S. Senior Women's Open. Big mama. Smoking Big mama. a heater. The whole Smoking time. a heater. Getting it done. <laughs> what is your life goal in golf? Shoot my age. Shoot your age is it, okay? That's probably never going to be an issue of uh, possibility for Ronis, me. Ronis, what about you? Oh, I'm life goal. I'm shooting my age. Okay. Yeah. Right. I just want to be still playing golf now, at that age. Ronis, That's my goal. you have to admit, we want to shoot our age in our 60s. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I want to just be able to tee it up on my own and chew my own food. Yep. <laughs> Hole number five. Do you care what kind of tees you use? The wooden tees or plastic? No. Does it matter to you? 
You just grab whatever. Ghoul, you don't, don't care. care Ronus, are you particular? Nah. You could care less, Ronnie. I'm very particular. I knew you would be. And what are they? Uh, they are the two and three quarter. Okay. And they're the plastic. You like okay. RTs. Really? Yes. Well, the VSGATs are the best. The green writing, they're the best. Plastic notched cup with the stripes around it. They have kind of the prong. Yeah, you like the prongs. I'm very particular. Right. It's the tees and the surprising at all. If there's three bins of free wooden tees, one is plain white, one is natural wood, one is piano black. What do you grab? Uh, probably piano black. Me too. Yeah. Oh, they're so sexy. They are. Love the piano black tees. That and the, the, Hard to find, yep. but they look and, damn sure. Well, they've got them here at Golfton. They've got all kinds of tees, but I like the navy blue too, the Ooh, deep okay. navy blue. Interesting. No brush tees? No stinger no, tees? No. None of that stuff. No cup no. tees that I think are illegal? <laughs> okay, hole number six. Pick one. You can join the best club in town for no initiation. You'll still have to play month, pay monthly. Or play Augusta one time Every year. There's no question. I'm playing Augusta all the time. I would agree. There's yep. just no question. Because yeah, you this, can always this, play other guys' clubs in yeah, town. This right. whole design comes up quite often in varied Varied iterations. Yeah. And it is always <laughs> for me, Augusta. That's right. Augusta <laughs> is always the answer. The answer is Augusta. Ronnie? Uh, it would be Augusta if I got to play it around the Masters time. But otherwise... Yeah. What if it was in October? No. Wow. Really? Oh, October wow. would be good. December yeah. wouldn't be as no, good. I didn't like Augusta when they just had it in November. Maybe okay. October, yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, no. Hole number seven. What is the best deep dive on YouTube for golf-related video content? I say it's any full broadcast of an old golf tournament on TV. Early 80s is probably the sweet spot. British Open. Uh, Where it's ABC. the whole... Magilla. It's a two-hour and 48-minute video. That's the final round of the U.S. Open at Marion with Lee Trevino and Jack Nicholas. Oh, yep. set me up, baby. Yeah. I, my go-to is 86 Masters. Okay. Yeah. Just, I don't know. What about shorts or what about uh, individual creators? Any, any, how about old instructional stuff? The old Bobby Jones instructionals are incredible. Yep. Okay. They set yep. the camera up right out yep. there, mm-hmm. and he'd hit right over yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. All that older stuff and the technology and the usage of the limited technology is is very is yeah. quite fascinating. I'm a big fan of the sh- wonderful world, the Shell's wonderful yeah. world. It's a good one. We're just yeah. proving our age. How about we, we want it to be the way it used to be? Have That's you guys? But seen... do you get a little disappointed in the quality of the of the telecast with that Shell's? No. Okay. Because I accepted for what it was. It was the best right. they could do at the time. But, yeah, it's, it's a poor quality. Okay. Uh, you, ever, you ever see Manolo teaches golf on social media? No. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. You haven't lived. No. I want to show you some right now. Club Pro Guy uh, shorts. Well, Club Pro guys. Guy is killing it with the Thursday night men's league right now. But, uh, yeah. Are, are you on TikTok? Probably not. Right? No. Okay. We're two years old. <laughs> what? You're allowed to be on TikTok, though. Yeah. Tell you so this guy is Manolo Teaches Golf, and he's hilarious, okay? I'll give it to you right here. Something I've seen in the life is other humans touching other humans' balls. Don't be nasty. We are on the golfing course, and those are the golfing balls. Now, you see Manolo play a beautiful Wilson staff number four. Now, that's mine. Title is four. It says four, but that's not my four. And then look at that one. So that's that's his whole shtick. He's got a bunch of different ones. They're funny. I like it. It tickles my funny bone. It's interesting because there's a guy who does the that calls same his followers maniacs. for baseball. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's and like it's Mediox. It's the same <laughs> shtick. And his whole, his, his key phrase is, you smack the shit out of the ball. <laughs> you smack <laughs> the, and the golfing ball and the golfing course. Okay. Uh, moving right along because we are running late here. Okay. Uh, hole number eight. Wristwatch, GPS, or range finder? Range finder. Range, range finder. finder. I can't wear a watch on the golf course. I can't play golf with a watch. Range finder. Range finder. Uh, when you see a guy with a wristwatch, GPS, do you look down and like, Yes. Not a player. <laughs> It's for kind of hacks, right, Ron? Yeah. Do you know any good players that use a wristwatch GPS? No. Because no. it's not going to be exact. It's going to no. be front, middle, right. and back. Plus, you need to bounce it off a of tree's front lip of the bunker. Plus, it's a wristwatch. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Finally, hole number nine. If you could create a golf version of the Field of Dreams game, which is coming up in baseball, what would it be? It looks awesome, this Field of Dreams game. It's like the corn is coming right up to the edge of the outfield. Really it's going to be amazing. I, I will say, I love where I live, but I have this piece of property in the backyard that I dream of every day, building two holes back and forth and yeah. driving a cart. Do it. So. The answer is what Rona said earlier. The answer is always Augusta National, somehow. Yeah. Ronnie? Uh, Pebble Beach and it oh. would be the great you know, legends of the game. I, I got mean. it. 20 players, Prestwick, and spectators have to go into a big merchandise tent to rent period piece clothing to dress up like the olden days. The players play with old hickory shafted stuff. Million dollar first prize. Now there's a Field of Dreams game for Sounds you. Sounds good go. to me. I didn't right. read the question well enough, but that's okay. He had the answer, I still want to build the knew. holes in my backyard. Coming up, final <laughs> segment here. It's the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons, Airborne. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. All right, final segment here at Golfdom. The regular foursome is with us. Great to have you guys. Always fun to talk golf. This is the free-form segment. I leave it open specifically for you guys because you're out and about in the golf world playing, seeing, teaching, administrating, and I want to hear some stories. So, Ron, I'm going to let you start. What do you got for us this week? Uh, Show well, I'd, and tell. Like to, I'd like to give a shout out to the Cannon Club. We won the Washington Metropolitan Golf Association nice. A-Team Championship. Oh, oh the, the big time. one. A big the one. Big That's awesome. Yep, we just last weekend, uh, full transparency, I did not play in the semifinal or final match. We have some young players. We're allowed to play 18 and over mm-hmm. who are really good so players. So you got benched. I did, and I was fine with that. Yeah. Whatever's good for the team. Uh, I did play in the quarterfinals. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, I did play the teams when the younger guys win the prizes really for Anyway, we, we beat the Naval Academy, and the Naval Academy had essentially the Navy golf team as their nice. team. So uh, Tom Weingardner, Charlie Weingardner, Ben Ricker, uh, the guys, we just we got it done, and it's a big deal. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I did something that I really, uh, when I looked at the calendar at the beginning of the year that I really wanted to do in this John will appreciate this, but I qualified for the Virginia State Senior Open nice. and the Virginia State 
senior amateur. Uh, way to go, Ron. Uh, thank you. I was down at Meadowbrook, which is home to the Watkins boys. Yep. Bobby and Lanny Watkins grew up there. Neat old golf course, tight golf used course. used to be Sand Greens way back in the day. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I had never seen it. I was in Williamsburg playing in the club championship. I drove over to Meadowbrook in the morning. I showed up. I bogeyed the first three holes, and I thought to myself, this is, what, what's going on? This isn't going to work. We're going to see what you can do. And I played the rest three under. So I shot 71, and I qualified. And, That's John, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. You'll I'll be, be officiating the Open, and I'll, I'll get him, dock him two on the first tee. Yeah, put him on the <laughs> clock. <laughs> and where play is better. that? Put him on the clock first hole. Independence. Independence, okay. And the That's amateur awesome. is at Birdwood. Yeah, so the new That's course. That's awesome. Way yes. to go, Ron. Thank you. That is fantastic. By the way, I thought A-team matches were in the spring, the early spring. Uh, Maryland, Maryland State, State is uh, uh, spring. Okay. Washington met in the summer. Excellent. Uh, All right. John Gould, what's shaking in your world? Well, I'm actually going to take a little bit different tack, a little melancholy here. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, longtime PGA professionals, Mid-Atlantic PGA professionals, pass away this week. Uh, Steve Tobash, who was the pro at Army-Navy for 40 years and just an absolute legend, probably the last of the Mohicans in terms of owning everything, you know, the carts and, and all that stuff. And Mike Wynn, uh, who was my pro at Evergreen growing up, just oh. a wonderful, wonderful guy, best ball striker I'd ever seen, played on tour for six or seven years, but was a great club pro, would just uh, make bets with the with the members and, and uh, really get them going and all that stuff, and just wonderful guy. And I just want to recognize their yeah. both their collective – impact on not only golf at their clubs but all the assisted professionals that became head professionals or became professionals under them and they were great fellows and it's just sad that it just happened the same week yep. but you know what there's a lot of people that a golf pro touches over their careers so yeah. you know they they enjoyed their life just as much doing that service to people so yeah i agree good for them and good for you to bring them up you know i have a fun thing just to, to talk about now that i'm you know kind of in a different role but it was great to see. I, I came in yesterday, and six kids, six kids had gotten together, college and high school, had gotten together and formed their own, what they called the Loudon Cup. Aww. And they had already played one day at Loudon. Yeah. So it was Mikey and Matthew and all those guys. Right. And they played a team competition. Um, so I guess it was 12, actually. Team competition, one day at Loudon, one day at River Creek. They finished yesterday. All the matches were relatively close, and we're dealing with, you know, Mike is one of the best players in the country. Right. Matthew's going to UVA, and all the matches were close. Logan Riley's complete stud, and they put it all together themselves, and they played, and then they sat there and ate lunch after or dinner, whatever they ate, and I'm going to get a huge trophy now that we're going to put in whatever club wins it that year. It's so cool to see those kids kind of – that next generation of golf well, as life. That group of players that you're referencing, there's future tour players in oh, that absolutely. group. We know Brennan, but Logan Riley is Stunned. 13 years old. He played in, he qualified in a match play for the Virginia State Amateur, yep. did he not? Yep. And I made think. it to the third round or yep. something at 13 yep. years old. Yeah, he's 13. His dad, of you course. Know Terry. I know Terry. Terry. And you and see I, Logan all I the see, time. What's great is I see, I see that crew out at Loudon on the chipping green and on the putting green all the time. Yeah. And I took it, I noted to myself, I was like, look at these boys self-organizing. Well, that's outside. the great part. They love it's being pick together. Up. It's pick up. There's no yeah. coach. There's yeah. no parents. Right. There's no electronics. Well, that, They're there figuring it and out. And that's what we don't have these days. Not, yeah. I'm not just yeah. talking about golf, but there's no pickup sports uh, at all. It's all organized. It great so about the cool. game. Yep. So cool. And the magic clubs the that nurture that. 
because like I know you guys, Ronnie, your club is all about the golfer and nurturing that environment. It's just really cool to see. Offering junior memberships, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like I know fun, Argyle does that. Fun and that's stuff. Where, um, so I'm proud of those kids. Yeah, so I uh, played in the uh, member guest, the one-day member guest um, at Riverbend. Thank you, Paul Gorgie. I appreciate him uh, getting us hooked up there. And he introduces me to one of his playing partners at the time, and he introduced himself. His last name was Rikus. And immediately the name stuck in my head. I was like, Rikus, interesting. I'm like, wait a minute. We had a guy for the very first Potomac Cup, even before you joined, Ron, as part of it. Ed Rikus was his name. Great guy, little quirky, but still. I'm like, could it possibly be? Turns out James Rikus was Ed Rikus's son, who sadly passed away uh, due to cancer, but was a great dude, and a re- he's a really good player. He carries a three at Creighton Index, and he talked about how, yeah, you know, I used to listen to you with my dad, and when you first said, here's the Potomac Cup, we're going to Wintergreen, we just need 24 guys, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are. His dad was like, let's go, let's do this. I oh, thought, man, awesome. that is so karmically amazing that there yeah. was a total random happenstance because Gorgie didn't know that I knew his, da- his yep. dad. Yeah. So, yeah, That's it was just a wonderful time uh, going around. And, and your tournament's up in Wisconsin. I feel you need to give a little. Uh, they couldn't have gone any better. My God, it was like perfect weather, perfect execution. Craig Cernajewski, who is the pro at Washington County Golf Course, which is an Edalt, or no, a, not an Edalt design. Who designed? Arthur Hills. Oh, okay. No, it's Arthur Hills design. It's one of the pound-for-pound pound best values in golf in Wisconsin, anywhere in the country, because it's a great course that's 50 bucks if you're a resident of Washington right. County, right? And in great shape. He ran the place great. We had a lot of fun, dressed up like silly, you know, characters from Caddyshack, raised money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Then Saturday, we went to the Bull to restart the Bloody Horns, and that went perfectly. And Scott Evans, who was the pro there, long-time grizzled vet in the business, was going to retire but got pulled back into it, did a great job. Everyone had a great time. I just knock on wood. Couldn't have gone better. I want to get all you guys up there sometime. Sure. Yeah. Maybe next year. Yeah. Zabe, what is the vibe? I know we got to go, but what is the vibe about the Ryder Cup up there? <laughs> Let me tell you. They did a story locally on the news about the, the iron, the big iron being brought in, the structures. It's two and a half times PGA their Champions. previous yeah. build-out. That's great. It's going to be monster. The last time there was an event at Whistling was when Dustin Johnson had that unfortunate rules mishap on yeah. 18. And you remember what the scene was, John Gould, around that incredible amphitheater. Actually, we were there since then. We had Because that's when um, uh, Jason Day won. You're right. Day did, but it was still great, though, because yeah. the way that that golf course sets up, and for a Ryder Cup, late September, perfect weather, I hope the travel corridor with the U.K. and Europe is – not impacted by COVID because you want as many of the other team's fans there as possible, mm-hmm. but it's going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to be a monster. You want to come great. up? Let me know. John, are you going to be there, by the way? Uh, I am not because we're doing a pro-am trip to Whistling Straits what? 10 days after the ride. Oh, Cup. really? Yeah. All right, then. Um, why did you point to Ronnie, not me? <laughs> You're busy. You got a golf course to run. You have club core right, masters to satisfy, and that is a crucial it's part not, of the year. End of the fair. year golf, right, it's Ron? It's not it's equitable. Like he his puppy dog. It's, just, <laughs> he lowered it's his not chin. right. Do you want to come, John? <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> but but, but I they're ready. Work. They're good. <laughs> 
They're going to put on a show up there. I know they will. Uh, Ronnie and I will be driving up. All right, boys. What a great show as always. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you to uh, Buddy Christensen at Golfdom for letting us use his hitting bait to record this in. Thank you for listening and spreading the word about the Capital Golf Gang. And if you didn't hear this live on the radio Saturday morning on the Team 980, it will live on my podcast feed. So please search Capital Golf Gang wherever you get your podcasts and you'll be able to get it there. For all of us, to you out there golfing, keep going strong through the summer and we will see you next week on the Capital Golf Gang. This has been the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to Zabe at yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all in extra large. So yeah, thanks for the shirts.